The title of the message this morning is Jesus is Coming Back. And I hope that sends the right signal to us. And if you want a subtitle, it's Current Signs of the Lord's Return. So, okay, we have these two facts. Jesus is coming back and there are signs of the Lord's return right now going on in our world. And I want to read Matthew 24 as, as a background to the message. I won't be looking at all the verses. And there's two things I want you to be looking for as we read this entire chapter, Matthew 24. And the two things is, is things for us to be doing. The one is, take, no, take heed that no man deceives you. And that, that is really current in our day, deception. Take heed that no man deceives you. And the second thing is that you endure to the end and you will be saved. Matthew 24. And Jesus went out, departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto him, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be one stone left upon another that shall not be thrown down. And he sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will, shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of the coming at the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye not trouble. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence, earthquakes and diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and to kill you, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let him which be in Judea, flee unto the mountains. Let him which is in the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. Woe unto him that are with child. Woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your fight Flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Except for those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh should be saved, for 
The elect say, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man will say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before, wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chamber, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and the shineth even to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For whosoever the cark wheresoever the carcass is, there the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall give her light, shall not give her light. The stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and there shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds and from the end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender, he putteth forth leaves. Ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it's near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as it were in the days of Noah were, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man be. For as the days were before the flood, they were eating, they were drinking, marrying, given in marriage until that day Noah entered into the ark, and knew not that the flood came and took them all away, so also the coming of the Son of Man be. There shall be two in the field, one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one taken and the other left. Watch therefore, you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye ready for such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? whom his Lord made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Blessed is the servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, he that shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if, that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with drunken, with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour when he is not aware of, 
and shall cut him asunder and appoint him with the portion and the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, in thinking of the signs of the Lord's return, you know, there are different questions that come to our mind. And, you know, what really are the signs? And how can we tell false signs? And how important is it to know the signs? And it is, God wants us to know the signs because he, he put them in his word for us. But the more important thing is to be ready for this life-changing event. And in this chapter, he gives a lot of, lot of warnings. But the, I think it's interesting, the first warning is to take heed that nobody deceives you. And that's what we need to focus on. So here in verse uh, 1 or verse, we see Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples gathered around and, and they were looking at the temple and the building around the temple or the temple building. And so Jesus points out something to them. And he said that there's a time coming that one, there's not going to be one stone left upon another stone. Do, do you grasp the magnitude of that? I, I read where these stones were like 40 feet long, 12 feet wide, and 12, 12 by 12 by 40. They were huge stones. And it doesn't matter what, what view you had of the temple, it was magnificent. Whether you were an Israelite, whether you were a foreigner, this temple was tremendous in its statue and its beauty and its magnitude. And Jesus asked his disciples, do you know that there's a day coming when there's not going to be a, a 40 foot 12 by 12 stone upon another one. And you know, I read in history, or I read apparently in history, that Titus, a Roman general, in AD 70, came to destroy the temple. And what he did, he built a wall around the temple. I don't know what the wall was built out of, but this wall contained wood and other material, and he set it on fire, and the heat was so intense from the fire that it crumbled the stones. Also, it melted the gold in the temple, and so the Romans, in an effort to get the gold, course drug all the rocks away so Jesus's prophecy came true and just the same as Jesus prophecy came true then it's going to come true as he returns in the signs that are coming <clears throat> and so the disciples said, well, what's, what's the sign? When, how can we know when you're coming back? And I think it's very significant, as Jesus says in verse 4, he said, take heed that no man deceive you. 
And I believe Jesus is saying in another way that deception is going to be a tremendous sign that, that I'm coming back. And deception happens in so many ways. And it says, be not deceived. Let's just look at this thing of deception a bit. Deception is to make a person believe what is not true and to mislead. And so when a person is deceived, they believe in the untruth, they believe in the deception as it was true. And that's why when we're starting to be lured away that we need to, to guard against deception. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4, and then 13 to 15. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4. This is Paul, and he is warning against false prophets. And in verse 4, he says that he that cometh preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. In other words, he's saying that last phrase, you might bear with him, is maybe a, a little tricky. But what he's saying is that they're, they're gullible. They're open to accepting another Jesus and another gospel. And he's warning them. So let's go to verses 13 to 15 of the same chapter. Verses 13, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and that's no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed to the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. And I think this is interesting that, you know, when we hear people quoting Bible verses, we hear people having religious phrases, we hear people testifying and all that. In other words, what it says here in Corinthians, sure, Satan can do that because he's transformed into an angel of light. And, and it concludes in verse 15 that their end will match their works. And, and that's what we need to be aware of. Also, thinking about deception, turn over to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, 1 to 6. This is, passage is telling us to test the spirits. <coughs> Beloved, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. Hereby know thee the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. 
Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye already have heard that it should come, even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and ye have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you and he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. For we are of God, and he that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and of error. And so it says, test the spirits. And the ones that acknowledge that Jesus came in the flesh are true. And the Antichrist is against God. And we can always be confident that, that one way, of course, is to check with God's word. And the other is if we are have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in us, he's saying that is greater than all this deception that is around you. And it says when the truth of God is spoken, his true children listen to it. Okay, back to our passage in Matthew 24. Matthew 24. <clears throat> Verse 6. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, and see that ye be not troubled. And it's telling us the end is not yet. Well, that, you know, I think it was maybe, let's see, maybe 15 years ago, I believe the world count was that there was 100 active wars that were in progress. How many is it today? I don't know, but I would, I would think that there's more than that. It says, be not troubled, for these things must come to pass. And you know, there's world peace organizations and there's NATO trying to get things in a little better perspective. And, but Jesus said, these, don't be troubled. Don't, these things are going to come to pass. But the end is not yet. And notice what he says. He says in verse 7, Nation shall rise against nation. There shall be famine, pestilence, earthquakes. And did you know as back, as back in 2005, I believe it was recorded that that was the worst period in history for hurricane season. And do you know, I, I had never heard the word tsunami until 2005 when the Indonesia tsunami took place. So things are, are intensifying. And I believe this past year, tornadoes have picked up in, in just my random observation. I mean, every few weeks you hear of a tornado that went through a small town out west somewhere. It just, you know, he says that things <clears throat> in various places 
And these are the beginning of sorrows. And chaos among the nations, and things will get worse. And so we get down to, to verse 10. Well, verse 9 is admonishing us not to give up because you shall be hated for my name's sake. And it says, many shall be offended. And we could probably take that at a couple different levels. But I think the true meaning there is that many will turn away from the faith. And we have seen that in our day. We probably all know people that we knew earlier that were faithful in serving the Lord. And now they've either went into deception, only believe a partial gospel, or totally turned away. And that's what's so deceitful about deception is when, when, a, when we start going down that road of making compromise, the devil has a way of getting in. Notice the progression from verses 10, 11, and 12. Okay, we're in verse 10 talks about they're offended. Well, and then they hate one another. Then false prophets arise. In a false prophet, there is nothing genuine about a false prophet. We cannot get any good from a false prophet, and we need to remember that. It's all, it's just like an angel of light, and it's, it's, it's not going to benefit us in any way. And so this progression starts in verse 12, and it says, Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And then we have that admonition in the next verse that we should endure. Those that endure unto the end shall be saved. A number of years ago when our son Samuel was still at home, he was intrigued by other groups. He would sometimes go to their service or, or for example, he said the holiness people we're having a problem in their church with cut hair, sports, and jewelry. That was the holiness people. That wasn't the Mennonites. That was holiness people. The, the, they were preaching against that because, see, that was deception coming in. Then the apostolic church, they would hold a big conference over at EMU every summer occasionally and, and they would come over to the bookstore and Samuel would go out to the bookstore and talk to them and I think he went to their service and he said the holiness the apostolic church was having problems with sleeveless dresses and people not wearing the covering and you see the apostolic creed was that they, they believed and practiced the covering and he said they were they were seeing that as a problem. Another thing I think we need to recognize um, is the problem of uh, and as we see that deception going away from God is self, our own self, our own carnal desires is coming up to the forefront. And we need to, to remember that. And so as we get there, we says, 
He that, let's look a, a little bit about this thing of endurance. What does it mean to endure? See, we, we think in our own, maybe in our own minds, we can say, well, I've been faithful to God all these years, and that's not going to be a problem for me to endure to the end. Well, are you sure? See, deception can start working in us, and we can start laying down things that we, were, we felt was essential. We can start laying down certain convictions, and we can, the devil can tempt us that, well, after all, certain things aren't really all that important. Turn to 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2, 9 to 13. 2 Timothy 2, 9 to 13. This is Paul uh, writing here. He says, When I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may obtain salvation in Christ Jesus and eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall live with him. If we suffer, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not, Yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. So kind of the gist here is Paul is, is pointing out the word is truth and it's not bound by anything. And if we're willing to suffer for the gospel, then Christ will raise us up. <clears throat> and, and I think it's interesting in verse 13, it says... Well, no, I'm sorry, verse 12, it says, if, if we deny him, he will deny us. Verse 13, and if we believe not, that doesn't sway God, even though we were a faithful Christian in the past, but if we decide not to believe, it says, yet he abideth faithful and cannot deny himself. Turn to James uh, 1. James chapter 1, verse 12. You know, it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the man, I'm sorry, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. So we have a crown of life that is promised to us. <clears throat> Okay, back to our uh, passage in Matthew 24. You know, there's a variety of views and variety of beliefs in this whole area. And we, we need to remember. And what people say around us can rub off on us. I don't know if y'all probably read over the years that Warren Buffett, he's the multi-billionaire that 
has billions, he's worth billions of dollars, and he, yeah, he, he does quite well financially. And this is his comment. There is more than one way to get to heaven, and this is a good way. See, that's deception. See, he's, he's focused on money. There was a, I'm quoting uh, Willie Nelson. He was an entertainer in the past years, and this is what he had to say. He said, we, we're taking different ways to get there, talking about heaven, but we will all end up at the same place. That's deception. And another quote is, all roads lead to the same place. And so then once we get to that point, I quote another person, uh, Kinky Friedman, and I don't know what his position was in life, but he said, may the God of your choice bless you. See, it, it don't matter anymore. And I think all this is based on the Protestant view, which can rub off on us, that Jesus died for the whole world so everybody will end up in heaven. Well, Jesus did die for the whole world, but everybody's not going to end up in heaven. It's going to be those that are not deceived and those that endure to the end. Now, verse uh, 14 says, The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Brother Kevin on Wednesday night talked about how from our book study how that the internet is being a blessing with the gospel spreading into all the world and you know how the devil uses the internet for his purposes and for the a lot of people have succumbed to that and fell but the gospel is being spread rapidly through the internet and other ways, cell towers, and, and so on. And so, just as Jesus said that one stone shall not be left upon another stone, when he says in uh, verse, let's see, verse... When he's talking about the gospel being spread, it says it will preach in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And you know, there's, there's years ago there was a Wycliffe organization, and now they're, they're still working. And then there was a group that we know is what called, uh, what's Aaron Crowder with? All Nations Bible Translations are trying to translate the uh, gospel in, in people's language. But through the internet also has the ability with certain apps that it can translate into other languages as well. And I don't know if it can do all the languages in the world, but, but God's word will be true. 
And we need to remember not to be deceived or endure to the end. And when we see other Christian groups around us saying, well, we don't have to do this, we don't have to do that, and we can, we can uh, just relax a little bit. Like the man said, all roads lead to the same place. That is false. And they will not be prepared when Jesus comes back. Verses 30, let's jump over to verses 38 and 37. It talks about eating and drinking as it was in the days of Noah. Did you know there was a church in Texas that put a McDonald's in the church? Yeah, they put a McDonald's in the church. So I guess that helps with eating and drinking. And I had to think of Jesus. If he would visit that church, what would he say? You know, he said, get that out of here. This is my temple, if, if it was God's temple. And just, just notice, of course, we, you know and I know in the last years, there has been an eroding, even in churches. There's a church in Northern Virginia that said, we're not going to perform weddings anymore. Just get out of here with the weddings. See, that's a reflection from a society. There's a Reverend Wilson that said, and this was during the, I guess he made this comment during the time when a lot of television evangelists were living in, it was discovered that they were living in immorality, adultery, fornication, and all that stuff. And this is the comment he made. He said, we're wasting our time trying to figure that all out. We should just move ahead with missions and ministry. See, that's deception. Ministry and missions is not going to prosper if you've got those kind of people involved in it. And, and that's how far deception can go. I have a clipping here from a, from a local church. It's called, I don't know if you all ever heard of it or not, the River Church. It's here locally. And I think this was during the time when homosexual marriages were coming out in the open. And, and Virginia was a state that would not allow that at that point. And so he's recommending that people go to Mar the same-sex couples go to Maryland to get married. And his rationale was that Christianity is about loving people. And he says all people are worthy. But I was glad for another preacher locally. You all probably heard of Steve Wingfield, the local evangelist. And his comment was that the Bible states that a man and his wife become one flesh. He says it's very difficult to get around that statement. He says either Jesus meant what he said or he didn't mean what he said. And Sting, Steve Wingfield says, I happen to believe that he meant it. Praise God. Jesus meant what he said. 
he goes on to say, Steve Wingfield counteracting uh, this Reverend Dunnevin, he said, I love everybody, but to say homosexual marriage is right or is correct is against everything that is of common sense to me. It is not the word of God. So I just want to challenge us. And so then, no wonder the scripture said, asks the question, will the Son of Man find faith on the earth? That's a good, that was a good question. But you and I don't have to be in that group of question. You know, be not deceived includes more than the signs of the times. It includes false teachers, preachers, and, and teaching anything they want and everything will be all right. Let's turn to 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5 gives you an indication of how people will be living in the last days. Jesus is coming back. And this passage starts out, First, 2 Timothy 3 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Imagine that. They're all this evil, and then they go over and despise those that are good. That tells you what they're really made of. And it says, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. See, they, they try to act like they love God and they're Christians. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And that was brought home to me vividly. One time, I saw a young man reading his Bible while he was smoking a cigarette. And he came from a... He, was, he grew up in a setting that, you know, would worship God, go to church every Sunday, and believe pretty much like we do. He wasn't a homeless guy out on the street. He knew better. But see, his position was that, that he was being faithful to the church he was raised in. So that, that gave him liberty. He could smoke while he was reading his Bible. And, and I'm not trying to be too hard on him, but, but just beware deception. All right, let's, let's turn on over to, while we're there to Titus. <clears throat> Chapter 2, verse 11 to 14. Titus 2, 11 to 14. So the question is, what should we be doing when we're waiting for Jesus to come back? And I think these couple verses gives us a good idea. Titus 2, 11 to 14. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying, this is what we should be doing, denying ungodliness, worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. That's right now. We should, that's the way we should be living. 
looking, this is looking for Jesus' return, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God in our Savior Jesus Christ. Shall we sing? <laughs>